to the Refuge Podcast from Trinity United Methodist Church in Ruston, Louisiana. Our prayer is that God uses this time to speak specifically to you, regardless of where you are on your faith journey. We'd like to also invite you to worship with us every Sunday morning at 1045, either in person or online at www.trinityruston.org. Thanks for listening. Our lesson this morning comes from the 22nd chapter of the book of Matthew, starting with the 15th verse. Then the Pharisees went and plotted to entrap him in what he said. So they sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians saying, Teacher, we know that you're sincere and teach the way of God in accordance with the truth and show deference to no one, for you do not regard people with partiality. Tell us then what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, said, Why are you putting me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin used for the tax. And they brought him a denarius. Then he said to them, whose head is this and whose title? They answered, the emperor's. Then he said to them, give therefore to the emperor the things that are the emperor's and to God the things that are God's. When they heard this, they were amazed and they left him and they went away. Friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. There are times and places and conversations that are just traps. There's no way you're going to answer the question right. There's no way you're going to get out of it in a way that does not cause great pain and sometimes lots of embarrassments. Back in the day, back in the day before Amazon, there was something known as a shopping mall. And within the shopping mall, there was something known as a department store. And within the department store, there were these mystical rooms called fitting rooms. And if you were a guy and you were drug out of academy or the other places in the mall that it's cool for a guy to go, your wife said, come with me. She would take you to the fitting room area. And there are chairs there for the husbands who are not smart enough to get out of this. And there we all sat. And the wives come out of the the fitting room. Boom. And they walk in front of you. And they turn and they walk the other way. And they ask you the trap question. Darling, do these pants make me look fat? Guys, the proper answer is not, huh? You better load up that answer. Oh, baby, oh, baby, those jeans just make you look, oh, baby, I am such a lucky man to be married to you, and and I am so fortunate that you are the mother of our children, and you are the most gorgeous, wonderful, attractive woman God ever made, and baby, those jeans make you, whoa, baby, those jeans make you look... And if you answer that way, she'll buy a dozen pair of the jeans and it'll be your fault. Thank God, God created Amazon and got us all out of that. So ladies, you can just buy it or have it delivered, try it on. Hopefully we're not at home. But guys, 
have that answer ready because huh is not the proper answer. Guys, I will also tell you that huh is not the proper answer when someone asks you, baby, did you eat the last of the ice cream? Don't say huh. Have an answer ready. A good answer is, would you repeat the question? So they're trying to trap Jesus. The disciples of the Pharisees and the Herodians, who they hate each other. A Pharisee and a Herodian would not be caught in a room together. They loathed each other. It's funny what hate does and how hate creates strange allies. They come to Jesus and they say, is it lawful to pay taxes? And we all lean in because the extended deadline was October 15th and we want to know what Jesus had to say. It's a very specific tax. It is ironically an occupation tax. The Romans taxed the people who lived in Palestine to maintain the Roman army that was occupying the land. The people had to pay to be oppressed. And the tax was one denarius a year per citizen of the country. And that's what they bring to Jesus, this denarius. So the Pharisees are sitting there and Jesus said, yes, it's lawful and legal to pay the taxes. They go, aha, we got you. You're not a good Jew. You should want these Roman oppressors gone because they are not God honoring and you don't want these people in your country. So if he says, yes, we got him. And the Herodians are on the other hand saying, if he says no, we're going to report back to our man, Herod Antipas, that he is wanting to cause an insurrection. What will Jesus do? Bring me a coin, he says. Whose head is on the coin? And they say, the emperor's. And Jesus' answer is pretty simple. He says, give back the old uh, RSV, the old RSV and the King James used to say render. Give back to Caesar that which is Caesar's and to God that which is God's. And the verb is missing in the second clause. The verb is missing because the inference Jesus is making is you can delineate between, G, between Caesar and God, but I don't. It's all God's. How are you walking and how are you living? And so in an attempt to trap Jesus, he throws it back at them and they are the ones befuddled. You ever had those conversations where somebody was trying to trap you and you knew it was coming? I was a teenager and was very bad about not coming home for the curfew. And the next morning, mom would get up, son, what time did you get home last night? And I'm going, hmm, did she know? Can I get away with it? Ah, have you been there? Was a preacher, believe it or not, some people like to trap me so they can go quote me. And there's a phenomenon 
doesn't happen so much now, but it used to happen. The way they trap you is they say, preacher, you want to go to lunch? Now, I know I'm not way up on your social calendar. After all, who wants to go hang out with the preacher? What'd you do on Friday night? Oh, went out with the preacher. Oh, living a dull life again, I see. But people call me and say, preacher, do you want to go to lunch? Well, okay. Where should we meet? And we'll make the arrangements and the time and I show up suspicious. Wonder what they want. And I sit down and we either go to the buffet. Please, Lord, bring back buffets again. Amen. Or we order. And usually they say, will you bless the food? Yes, Lord. Amen. Look up. And the same thing happens every time. There will be a breath and a sigh. Preacher, I need to share something with you in love. I hate that. I hate that. Don't share with me in love. Just say, preacher, I want to chew you out. Okay? Let's start and be honest. Because if you share with me in love, I'm liable to share back. And I've been dealing with Methodists now for 37 years. And trust me, I can share back. So Donnie called me. Donnie called me in the middle of, I was pastoring this one church. And oh Lord, they love to share and love. And I'm in a, we're, we're doing something that I'm getting a lot of these lunch invitations. And Donnie called and said, preacher, I want to take you to lunch. And I said, huh. What do you want, Donnie? Doug, I just want to take you to lunch. Really? Okay. How's your marriage? Oh, it's good. How are your kids? Boys are good. Good. How's business? Good. Good. Everything's good. I went, ah, everything's good. This is good. Okay, Donnie, I'll meet you at restaurant X, Y, and Z. Um, 11 o'clock. Donnie said, no, preacher. Uh Uh-uh. I'll pick you up. I have an unalterable law of the Medes and the Persians that if I'm going to lunch with you, I will drive my car so I can escape. But he said, no, Doug, I will pick you up. And I'm getting really, really nervous. What does Donnie want? So he picks me up. We get in the car and he says, I want to take you to the Chinese buffet in Baton Rouge. Oh, y'all, the Chinese buffet was as wide as this space, just filled with tables, with mounds and mounds and mounds of MSG. I mean, you could have a stroke at that Chinese buffet and I tried. It was my favorite place to go. So, you know, on the way, I'm still probing him. I want to know what he's up to. How's your wife? You already asked me that. She's fine. How are the kids? They're fine. How's the business? It's fine, Doug. Everything's good. Relax, Doug. I can't, Donnie. Relax, Doug. Okay. So we get the Chinese buffet and we order our tea and we say we're going to the buffet. And man, I want you to know the way you do a Chinese buffet, you start with lo mein, lo mein noodles on the bottom, 
throw a little rice on that, and then you just start stacking stuff on top. It doesn't matter. But what you need are those two egg rolls sticking out of the top of it, pointed like this. Looks like an alien antenna. And you need that because you put the bowl of red sauce for the egg rolls right between them. Man, I know how to do the Chinese. I had a plate. I had a plate that could have gotten on HGTV. That was a great plate. Set it down, had my tea. Donnie said, would you pray? Sure. So I prayed for Donnie. I prayed for his wife, prayed for the kids, prayed for his business, prayed for the church, prayed for the Chinese food. Forgive us for our gluttony. Amen. And he did it. He did it. Took in the breath. Let out the sigh. Doug. I hated you for a long time. We're talking hated you. My life's goal was to shut you up. I'm looking at the egg rolls thinking, not today. Push the plate away. He said, you know that tithing challenge you do? You know, I did it last week that if you don't tithe and you start tithing 10% off the top, and if after six months God does not bless you, you call me, you tell me, we'll talk about it, and if God has not blessed you, I will never ever preach tithing again. I've been doing that for years. Donnie said, That's all you ever talked about was money and tithing. And I ran the the attendance chart in my mind because even you now are sitting in the same seats and I'm starting to learn where you sit so I can keep attendance in my mind. And I started doing Donnie's. Donnie sat right there at the 815 service inside his daddy, his mama, Donnie, his wife, his two sons. They were right there. They were were C&E's, Christmas and Easter. And then they added him, Christmas and Easter and Mother's Day. And then they added stewardship. Men always show up. I can tell what's going on if it's bow season, black powder season, primitive firearm season, or full deer season by the men in church because men are praying, oh Lord, let me get Bambi. (laughs) Bambi is an elusive creature. Spent $25,000 on alfalfa in my deer run so I could get Bambi. You don't need to do it. They're hanging out on Highway 9 in Bienville Parish right before the sun goes down. You can get them by the herds. I thought, oh my goodness. He's Christmas, Easter, Mother's Day, and he comes in October to pray for the deer. And we'd done a capital stewardship campaign. And so he was legit. I was talking a lot about money in that church. They needed a good talking to. Eventually, we got them straightened out. Doug, I was going to shut you up. And you know how I was going to do it? I was going to start tithing. 
and I was going to be miserable. And I was going to come to you after six months and I'm going to say, Doug, I'm miserable. And this money I had, I don't have it anymore. And he said, I hated you so bad that I told my wife, baby, I'm giving up a couple of accounts in Florida so I won't have to travel. It won't be as much money, but if I'm going to start tithing, I'm not going to tithe on this big amount of money. I'm going to cut my income because that preacher and, and that church not getting that much money from that tithe. Doug, I cut my own income. I hated you so badly. I'm looking at those egg rolls thinking, God, I really would like an egg roll about now. And he said, you know what happened to me? God put the money back. And you know what else happened to me? My marriage got better. Because I was buzzsawing through my marriage because all I wanted to do was raise money. And my kids, you know what happened? They got better. Because I was either bribing them by giving them everything they ever wanted because I felt so guilty because I wasn't spending any time with them. Or when I was home, I was just an obnoxious father. And he said, Doug, My problem was money. And my relationship to the money. Because it was all about the money. I wanted to make more and more and more so I could have more and more and more. And I thought I'd finally be a happy man when my boat hit 40 feet. That's 40 feet of boat, y'all. But my boats got bigger and my house got bigger and my cars got bigger, but I wasn't happy because I had a spiritual problem. I loved money. The Apostle Paul says it, says it correctly. If you're going to say it and quote it, quote it correctly. It's 1 Timothy, the sixth chapter, 1 Timothy 6.10 the love of money. Paul didn't say money is the root of all evil. He says the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And in their eagerness to be rich, some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pains. Y'all, Jesus talks more about money than he talks about prayer. Jesus talks more about money than he talks about salvation. Jesus talks more about money than he does anything but the kingdom of God. Why? Because money becomes our problem. It becomes the manifestation of our problem. Now, Jesus doesn't want you to be poor. He didn't want you to give up all your money and give up all your stuff. He just wants you to be careful with what he's given you. To be properly related to your money. And that's why tithing, 
as a spiritual discipline is so pragmatic because it puts you in proper relationship with your money. Now, what I give is between me and God. Yes, it is. Absolutely, it is. But look at your check registry or look at your Quicken printout or your QuickBooks list. That stuff don't lie. That tells you your level of your level of stewardship tells you your depth of discipleship. There's no way around it. It's an uncomfortable truth. But what Mark and Marie so eloquently said is when you are in proper relationship with your money, when you understand that everything is the Lord's and you're the Lord's, you have these weird moments when you don't know how you're going to make it and a birthday gift pops in. I remember the the year... One time I was in seminary and I didn't know where the next meal was going to come from. And I reached in my coat pocket and I pulled out a a card that a a church member had given me months earlier and I just stuffed it in there. I hadn't even read it. I found this card and I opened it up and there was $100 in the card and the, the card said, you might need this. Donnie called me. I was leaving that church going to Lake Charles and he was moving across town he said, preacher, I know you're busy. Would you come to my house? I just, I want to say bye to you. And so I pulled up and he's packing all of his stuff up and loading up. And he said, thank you. Thank you for your challenge. Thank you for that day at the Chinese buffet for listening to me. He said, it's amazing what God is doing in my life. He has blessed me in ways I never dreamed I could be blessed because I've opened my life up to what God wants to do. He said, as a businessman, I was pretty good, Doug. I could make a lot of money. But I wasn't satisfied. But giving my life and my finances to Jesus Christ, I've known this level of satisfaction and the level of blessing I can't describe. Trinity, you've been such a generous church in 2020. It is a joy to pastor you and to walk in and Kim smiles and I ask all those preacher questions. Should I worry about money yet? And she just smiles and says, no. The Methodists are being very generous, and you are incredibly so. So what you've got at home, hopefully by now, are your commitment cards for 2021. And all I ask is a pastor, you pray 
And you do what God has laid on your heart to do. Because generosity does help us build a stronger faith, stronger families, and stronger finances. And you may be bristling right now, but you may also be my modern version of the Donnie story. Sometimes those things that make us bristle are really the things that are keeping us separated from God. Oh, brothers and sisters in Christ, let Jesus Christ bless your life. Let him transform you. Don't hold anything back from him. Give it all to him. Even that secret place you think is your own, that place where you hide your fears or that place where you hide your dreams and ambitions, give it to Christ and watch him bless your life. Would you stand and pray with me? We thank you, O Lord, that you have given us so much, that you have blessed us with our faith, our families. You've, you've blessed us with the freedom to gather here as individuals in worship. You have given us so much, and we are grateful. Oh God, in our own lives, in our own families, in our own way, we pray that we would all glorify you in our living and in our giving. Bless us to that task, we pray in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Refuge Podcast. To find out more about The Refuge and Trinity, visit us online at www.trinityruston.org.